Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And you're about to Get Jumped. Welcome to Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we've got a special episode coming to you from Anime Central. Yes, Anime Central 2019 is where this episode was recorded from, so stick around and we're going to jump in. All right, we are back at Anime Central, and we have another voice actor interview. Would you mind introducing yourself, please? Hi, my name's Christopher Waycamp. I'm a voice actor. I'm the voice of uh, Aizawa from My Hero Academia, as well as Miles Edgeworth from Ace Attorney, and a bunch of other stuff also. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. How did you get your start in voice acting? Um, Well, I I started acting when I was really small. I did my first production when I was in kindergarten, actually. Okay. Um, I was Peter Rabbit in the play Peter Rabbit. Nice. Starring role. Yeah, I guess. Uh, like, I have to be a star. Yeah, yeah. It just it worked out that way somehow. Um, and my, my mom actually sewed the costume, and uh, I just was hooked. I thought it was so much fun to be up on stage. You couldn't get in trouble for acting out, you know, if it was like a play. So uh-huh. I just sort of figured out that was for me. And, okay. um yeah, and then I uh, went off to college. I studied uh, radio, television, film, and audio production. And from there, I kind of just found my way into an audition one day at Funimation. That was back in 2011. And uh, I was pretty bad when I started out. Uh, the technical aspects of voice acting, especially in anime dubs, is very foreign to an actor who has done theater. So, uh, and just a lot of the conventions of sort of anime as well. The, the really big reactions and anytime anybody does anything they make a noise you know it's it, there's a lot of things about it that are not that are very foreign to a western audience western actors so I had to sort of figure all that out and over the last eight years or so I've just been getting more and more stuff so it's okay. great that's awesome yeah um, so working with like one of like the the premier animes in United States right now for sure Um, and around the world being like one of those like you know really prominent characters inside of the show like Eraserhead is fantastic I really like him a lot I'm pretty biased but I like him so so what's it been like doing like the the circuit of different like Anime Central and different cons yeah well this is my first time to Anime Central I have to say this is a fantastic convention Um, I I really didn't quite know what to expect. I'd heard people tell me, like, oh, it's really big, you know. But it, this is, like, that rare combination of it's huge, but it's also really well run. Yeah. So that's great. Um, I did Sack Anime back in January, and that was also really big and well run. So that's kind of what I have to compare this to. Um, I'm doing Acon down in Dallas in June. But really, uh, I'm a dad. I have three kids. I have a wife. Um, and it didn't make a lot of sense for me to be gone a lot. Yeah. Um, so, like, last year, I went to two conventions. The year before that, I went to two conventions. And that was really the first I've ever done this stuff. Oh, yeah. But I just decided this year, um, I got, first of all, I got a con booking agent. And he sort of started handling all the logistical stuff for me because yeah. it was way too much for me yeah. to handle. So, uh, so this year, I'm going to do 16 cons, maybe wow. even 20, 20 cons. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. That's it's more like than two. Week, yeah. yeah, that's a lot. Well, and it's it ends up being really lopsided because the summertime is crazy for cons, right? Oh, yeah. So, like, I'm in June, I'm going uh, three weekends in a row uh, to different. I'm going to Montreal. Uh, I'm going to be going to a lot of places, a couple places that haven't been announced yet. Um, so, you know, I'm sort of figuring all this out. <laughs> 
Uh, but so far, it's been great. Like, people are really welcoming, you know, especially when they know that you're part of a great franchise like that. Mm. They want to meet you, and they want to, yeah. you know, talk to you, and it's very rare when you actually have any drama or problems. You know, most people are good people, so yeah. it ends up being a good time. Yeah. Well, we, uh, we've gotten to talk to a couple of My Hero people. We talked to somebody yesterday, right, from My Hero? I, I don't believe so. We talked to Justin Oh Reiner yeah, Justin, Justin Briner. Yeah, he's great. Khan, yeah. How's your... Do you get to interact with your co-stars? Yeah. Um, okay, that's good. Yeah, we have a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, the whole draw to acting, really, for me, has always been that you just get to play. You know, it's playing pretend professionally is yeah. what it is. Um, and so when it's done well, when it's done right, I think it's supposed to be that. Um, and so, of course, like, when we're all together, especially at a con, like, it's a lot of fun. We did a panel yesterday, uh, My Hero Academia panel, and, I mean, I was dying laughing. Eric Vale is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we had a ball. So, uh, but yeah, Justin specifically, I ran into Justin uh, several times before we were ever in My Hero Academia. Uh, we were in a show together actually called All Out, which is a rugby show. We were two of the leads in that show, so that's kind of where I got to know him first. That was back in 2016. Um, he's a great guy. He's, uh, he's you know, there are some actors that you run into them and they seem like larger than life, you know, and he's just like a, a very normal human being, you know, yeah. like he's very nice to be around. Um, and we had some fun at, in Sacramento. He was, or uh, no, uh, Anime Los Angeles. He was in Anime Los Angeles in January, and, uh, and we had a lot of fun. So he's, he's a good dude, yeah. That is... That is one of the things that is coming up, and this like a little bit off topic. But you had mentioned sure. like the rugby anime, yeah. And I was just like, I have not really thought about that, but I cannot think of a sport that hasn't been covered in anime. And you <laughs> said rugby anime, and I was yeah. like, legitimately, now I can't think of one, yeah. Yeah. like other than maybe like shuffleboard. <laughs> you know, Polo, this may exist, and I just don't know about it. But I feel like there's a lost opportunity right now. If anybody's listening, who's an anime producer out there, you need to do this. Esports is becoming a big thing. Why is there not an esports anime? There is. And there I is. Just okay. found out about Thank it you. from Super Eye Patch Wolf, and okay. it is like a romance about a girl who plays esports and falls in love with a boy who plays. The See, yes, to me, this, this is a this, Simpsons did it situation. It, it is. Yes. <laughs> After twenty years, they've done it all. Um, yeah. I well, I need to see that then. Okay. Yeah. It's what, what's the name of it? Do you know? I don't. Remember okay. The name I'm sure I can top. Google it. It's, it's on the most recent my favorite things from Super Eye Patch Wolf on video. Okay. On Super Eye Patch so. Wolf. Gotcha. So, okay. so like. When doing uh, one of the, like an anime that is about something that is like you know an established sport, sure. Did you spend any time learning like rugby like, lingo or anything? You kind of have to, yeah, just because so much, especially of sports anime, for the first like four or five episodes of every sports anime, they're teaching the audience what the sport is. Uh, so unless you, that's a good point. Unless you've played rugby, you really don't know what this stuff is. So, I mean, it's it's not like rocket science, you know. I just got on Wikipedia and sort of figured some stuff out. But yeah. um, giggled to yourself when you found out there's a there's a player in the field called a hooker. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's yeah, there was, and then yeah, one of the actors on the show, uh, his whole role was just being the guy in the background who would yell, "Try!" anytime they scored. And the first couple times I heard that, I was like. What, is this? what the hell? I don't know what that means. So yes, it was it was kind of important for context to figure that stuff out. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But yeah, sports anime especially, um, it seems like every season they come out with some new wacky, you know, sports anime. Oh yeah, I saw one that was just like a swimming show. Over yeah, yeah. Second ago. yeah. It's, I think it's kind of big too. Free? Uh, yeah, Free is kind of big. Yeah, it's got its following. 
it's the uh, beautiful boys oh, yes. at the moment. Yes, they love <laughs> Ever that. Ever since Yuri on Ice cock-teased everyone, and well, then they were like, well, here, you can have them all shirtless all the time. It's in Speedos, yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And I, I'm surprised we haven't seen, I know there was a movie that came out for Yuri on Ice, but I'm surprised we haven't seen a season two, because that seemed to be a really big show. It was a hit. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, know, it was so one of Crunchyroll's biggest. I would think there will be a season two coming soon at some point. I have no yeah. idea, but yeah. So how's the, when you're doing voice acting, are you on sort of like a classic Hollywood studio system where you work exclusively with one company? No, not really. We're contractors. Okay. So, I mean, um, unless you're actually an employee of Funimation, like if you're a director, you know, a salary director, then yeah. you're just a contractor. Like, I, uh, I just, my role was just recently announced or revealed, I guess, in um, the gameplay reveal for Borderlands 3. Okay. I'm playing one of the main bad guys in that. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so, like, I mean, being a contractor, you just go where they need you. Okay. Um, I've done work for Sentai Filmworks. Um, I did I did a video game for uh, Big Fish Games back in 2017. Uh, I just sort of go where they, where they want me to go. Speaking of which, how much travel... I mean, I know we've kind of talked about the cons, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is its own thing, but sure. how much travel just for work do you have to do to actually do the voice acting? So, I mean, being in Texas is pretty great right now. It's great um, because you've got Funimation, you've got Sound Cadence Studios, you've got Okratron, which is Chris Sabat's studio, where they do all the Dragon Ball stuff. Um, I was just recently in Dragon Ball Super this last season. Nice. Uh, that's all in Dallas. So, and then Rooster Teeth uh, in Austin contracts out studios in Dallas as well. So, Sentai Filmworks does the same thing. I did all the work that I did with Sentai here recently at a studio contracted out in Dallas. So, Dallas is it's kind of a special time for Dallas right now. It's, that's so fascinating. I know that Atlanta with Hollywood has a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, there's Los Angeles and New York. Sure. But well, the biggest difference is cost of living. I mean, like, yeah. And so that's how I, the latest stat I heard is that there are something like a thousand families moving to Dallas every week. Okay. Uh, because the cost of living is so low compared to these sort of coastal cities. So they want but to change that by moving there. Sure. Right. <laughs> and now it's all going to go up again. Right. But, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but uh, yeah, and as far as dubbing, like, Funimation is a really interesting... I had no idea Funimation was even around, you know? I grew up in Flower Mound, which okay. is like a suburb of Dallas, and Funimation's in Flower Mound, and I had no idea. Oh, so they okay. came to you. <laughs> in a way, I mean, in a way, they were in Plano, which is another sort of suburb, and then they moved to... Flower Mound years and years ago, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's like the best kept secret in Dallas. Still, there's so many people that live there that are like, I had no idea. Yeah, we know. hear about it a lot at these conventions, but sure. I don't know if I really knew that before our first set of interviews in Kumoricon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's crazy. So, um, uh, I I sort of like uh, was trying to figure out uh, with the the different shows that are coming out both like this year and years before and it seems like they're switching over to this um, it's like seasonal yeah, oh yeah sim seasonal that turns into must have simul dub sure um, so have you gotten to the point now where you're working with things like without with just giving like a quick prompt before you go in the first time usually I mean I by the time they bring me in they've already received the materials from Japan for the episode they have somebody a script writer on staff has adapted you know yeah. the scripts because typically they're just getting a translation like an English translation 
that the scriptwriter will adapt that script to a, a true English script, something that'll be good for a Western audience. By the time I show up, all that stuff's already done. But there's a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes to make these simuldubs happen. I was uh, I was actually a lead in the show that was the first Funimation simuldub back in 2014. It was a show called Laughing Under the Clouds. And uh, our director, Joel McDonald, basically sat us down, you know, me and the rest of the cast, and he was like, look, this is going to be a little different. Um, you really can't go out of town. Oh, wow. And we don't know exactly when we're going to be getting the scripts, but as we get them, and as we get the materials from Japan, we're going to record as fast as we can, and we're going to just try to hit these deadlines. Um, and it makes sense from a fan's perspective, because wow. piracy is rampant, so if you can produce a really good dub, and it's coming out the same week that you know the, the, the original show is coming out in Japan, that's a compelling argument for people to not even care about piracy right. at all. You know, and pay seven dollars a month or whatever, and you get a great dub at Funimation, and you're you can chat about it, and you can send memes about it with all your friends online, and uh, you don't feel like you're left out. Yeah. Um, and I get that. You know, I'm a fan too, so I I want to I want to know what's going on in my favorite shows as soon as that stuff comes out, right? I don't want to be behind the curve. So I think it just kind of grew from there. Now we've got like. 18 shows this season, I think that Funimation is Yeah, and the cadence is wow. like kind of 18 shows That's every a lot season. Of work. It's a lot. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's great for actors. Right. Um, I think it's not so great for directors sometimes because <laughs> they're just scrambling. And then, of course, you know, the producers behind the scenes, they're always trying to work with Japan to get materials. Um, you know, and, and then we'll get done with the show, and then sure enough, the animation studio will say, oh, actually, we did this wrong. So now we need to bring all the actors in and redo this episode Whoa. because there's like four parts of it that have to change. We're changing the animation and therefore the lines have to change and therefore all the actors have to come in and re-record That's crazy. So that happens all the time. You're actually, are the, the simul dubs are happening before release in America Yeah. so that, like it's not like a, it's not like a South Park situation where they're turning no. an episode a week. No, well, they try to. I mean, yeah, and, and most of the directors that I think all the directors of Funimation do uh, two shows at a time. Okay. So they're on. They're in charge of two shows, and every week they're turning in an episode, you know, for two shows. So it's like it's crazy in terms of uh, meeting those deadlines. But they, they've got it now. I mean, they've been doing it for five years, so yeah. they they, they kind of they've got it figured out. And uh, and you know, this is part of the reason why. Funimation has this sort of stable of voice actors that they always go to. And it's like three or four hundred actors. They do bring in new people. You know, I'm one of the new people, newer people. Um, but there is a there is a technical aspect to especially the dubbing process that even if you're a fantastic actor, if you don't have that down, you're probably not going to be able to keep up. You know, it's going to take you quite a bit longer to get the take just right. And so they end up using a lot of the same sort of veterans because they can go in there and get one take and they get it right, you know, every time. They can hit those deadlines. Um, that's the most important thing to the fans. The fans okay. get pissed off when their shows don't... Like, don't turn off my anime. Like, I need my anime. <laughs> yeah. If it's not there, I'm pissed off, you know? Do yeah, you so. feel like there's maybe... Not to, like, shit-talk your profession or anything, sure. but is there maybe a negative impact on new blood in the industry because of yeah. the simultopping? You know, I think it's a... It's, there's always the question of quality, right? So when you're producing things a lot faster, they say there's three things, right? You can have speed... What is it? Speed, quality... And cost. And cost, right. So which one of those... You can have two or whatever. Right. Um, of course, especially when the simuldubs were starting out, I think there was a lot of fan reaction of, we don't know who these people are, 
because they're bringing in a whole lot of new people and it seems like yes you guys are producing this stuff quickly but maybe it's not the voices that we're used to you know um, so I've seen some of that stuff the one thing I've learned to be true 100% of the time is that no matter what you do people are going to complain about it <laughs> like if we went back if Funimation went back to the days of you know doing DVD dubs or Blu-ray releases only uh-huh. and dropped the simul dubs and took more time with the shows people would complain about that yeah. so uh, so it is it is sort of you can't win with these you people. really you can't win with everybody <laughs> you can win with some people uh, and it, it, it's, it's a business right damn it's, it internet <laughs> I know it's, it's you can't really win with everybody okay. um so I would say, you know, from my perspective, I'm a humble actor. I don't, I'm not a director. I'm not a writer. I'm not a producer. Um, my job is to come in there and try to do the best I can with the materials that I'm given and try to bring the characters to life in a way that's still faithful to the original performance. And I do feel like we do a good job of that. Um, you know, sometimes there's cases where, like, I, I can think of shows before where we were really scrambling. And, you know, there's also cases where, like, we had, a, we had a, a show here just the last season where one of the voice actresses was pregnant and she had to be replaced. You know, yeah. So they, they brought in somebody else to replace her and it was just for two episodes. But fans will get very bent out of shape about that. Lost their minds over that. Yeah, sometimes they do. You yeah. know, and it's just like you can't make everybody happy. Right. So we, we do the best we can. Okay. <laughs> What's the. Uh, so you talk. You mentioned a lot that you have an acting background and that that helps a lot we yeah. talked to other people here this weekend that have said much the same yeah what is the trick that you need to know if you've got that baseline of acting skill to turn into a great voice actor you have to sacrifice a baby seal you have to and oh, then drink all its blood that was not what I would have thought <laughs> that's the trick one okay. weird trick um, I, yeah. I saw that happening and I was like I don't know what that's for and then I was like oh now they're on uh, shows yeah that's <laughs> it that was the trick I missed it I didn't uh, know. they drank the seal's blood yes. no um, it's just practice it's just reps um, okay. it's pretty I, I did end up building a studio in my home but prior to having a studio in my home it's very hard to get dubbing experience specifically yeah. so we start off with what's called Walla I don't know if you guys have heard of that but yeah. it's like you, you go in the booth you do some little characters some background sounds Typically, it's a character who dies, or it's just incidental sounds, crowd sounds. Uh, and when I started off, I did a lot of Walla, uh, as much as they would give me. You know, If they wanted me to come in for 30 minutes, I would come in for 30 minutes, because you really can't get that experience any other way. Okay. Um, so, so it's like a low-pressure character. Very low-pressure. You get a chance to try new things. Okay. You, get, you get a chance to work with directors. You know, Each director kind of has their own style as well. So you sort of have to learn how to adjust to that because our job is just give them what they want, you know, give them what they need for the shot, for the show. Um, and in the beginning, I was not very good. I think I mentioned that. Um, and in fact, one of the things that uh, is in the script, that they have a lot of sort of reactions. Anime has tons of reactions. There's reactions to everything. Yeah. Anything that happens. Somebody, you know. Melodrama. Oh my gosh. So, um, so they have different kind of like uh, acronyms for that. So one of the acronyms is CM which stands for closed mouth. And that'd be like a closed mouth reaction. So like if a character just went, I don't know if you picked that up, but just like a very small sort of closed mouth reaction. I did not know what CM stood for. Uh And so like one of the first times I went in, uh, I came to that point in the script and I said my line. At the end of the line, it said CM. And I went, (laughs) come. And 
close. <laughs> the director died laughing, and I felt like a real dumb dumb. But yeah, I mean, there's there's technical aspects to it, and especially just like trying to trying to deliver a performance that's enjoyable and believable and faithful to the original Japanese and fits in the mouth flaps. You know, uh-huh. it's just it's kind of it's it's a weird kind of acting. You just got to yeah. get a lot of reps. Yeah, yeah. There's no secret. You just got to uh, do it a lot. <laughs> I love telling that story because you know that was so stupid and yeah it's just it's you don't know what you don't know sometimes. yeah you don't know what you don't know yeah absolutely well cool um, I think we're just about out um, so if if uh, I, I know they can certainly check you out on uh, the, the different shows for yes. sure yes. is there any other place you want people to follow you or well, uh, shows Twitter, coming up Twitter's my main thing uh, find me on Twitter it's Chris Wakamp and that's C-H-R-I-S-W-E-H-K-A-M-P it's not a very easy name um the other thing that I did this year, uh, premiered my podcast, it's called The Dungeon Booth. Dope. If you're a fan of Critical Role or you like uh, any of those sort of voice actors playing Dungeons & Dragons, we're doing the same thing with uh, cool. Funimation voice actors. And, oh, that uh, is super cool. It's on iTunes and every, it's on YouTube, it's everywhere. We're doing our first live show at Game Fest in Dallas uh, in August, so the cast of that's been announced. Kyle Phillips, the director from Funimation, is going to be reprising his role as uh, Thok. We're going to have uh, Mallory Rodak as Agatha, the halfling fighter. And we're also going to have uh, Felicia Angel is coming back. She's going to be her bard, Limerick. And we're going to be doing a live show. It should be fun. So catch up on this show, you guys. And you'll be ready. (laughs) Yes. And you'll be ready. Yeah, I know there's a lot of crossover fandom there, so that's good. We've got another podcast for you to listen to. Yeah, for sure. After you've listened to hours every week. That's right. Don't miss it. (laughs) Cool. Well, thank you again. Thanks, guys. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level six sound wizard. Level up. Our podcast is ad-free and we want to keep it that way. If you want to keep it that way too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B and S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash get jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New episodes come out every Sunday. On iTunes. Google Play. Stitcher. Buzzsprout. Or wherever you get your podcasts from. And hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.